A travel vlogging couple heads to a new Airbnb find to film a new video for their dwindling subscriber base. The house is owned by the mysterious Rebecca, a strange lady with a dark past who they see as the perfect way to boost their viewing numbers. But Rebecca has an agenda of her own, and soon the couple is in danger in the 2021 Shudder original Superhost. I'm Connor Zagari. I'm Carol Luther. This is Filmgasm. Happy Wednesday and welcome to the Filmgasm podcast. Today's episode is another random pick from the book of Filmgasm, Superhost, a Shudder original from last year that's critically acclaimed and pretty original. It's also got next to no production information on it online, so this might be a shorter than average episode because frankly there's not a lot to talk about outside of the film itself. So we're going to try, but uh, you know, expect some tangents and random conversations as usual. That's going to be the bulk of this episode. It happens, especially these Shutter originals. There's, this is the second time that we've had like nothing to talk about, uh, but we'll try. Yeah, some of these don't have a lot of information. Sometimes you look out some of these Shutter originals, but not always. Yeah, and we tend to be grabbing the ones that like are you know people like, but nobody has anything to say about. <laughs> uh, but before we get into it, I've got one update on the rewind. This one updates our past episode on A Quiet Place. Production for the upcoming spinoff A Quiet Place Day One is ramping up, and Oscar-winning actress Lupita Nyong'o has been tapped to star in the film. The film will be written and directed by Michael Sarnowski, the brains behind the recent Nick Cage vehicle Pig. The film is set for a March 2024 release, and all of that is very exciting. I, I love Lupita Nyong'o. I thought Michael Sarnowski killed it with Pig, and I'm looking forward to this. I'm iffy. I'm always iffy when it comes to these prequels. Like I do like the talent involved a lot, but again, I don't need a day one storyline for this franchise. Like I don't need all that explained. I'm aware that there are aliens that came from space. So like, what are we doing different than every other alien invasion film I've seen? Um, like I said, I, I it I'm in the middle because I'm just the 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 thing with it being a prequel and just in general, what is probably going to totally again, I don't know, it doesn't come out until 2024, so I don't know. I could be completely wrong on the story they're telling. Um but it being probably more likely the beginning of this alien invasion and seeing it doesn't excite me because I'm like, well, what what can you do that's different? Quote unquote, right? But again, with the talent involving Lupin Iago, the writer director for Pig. That part is intriguing because I, I I like both those people very much. Well, I mean, we got to see, you know, a brief glimpse on of, you know, day one in Quiet Place 2, where we got to see how the Abbott family handled the initial invasion. And that was, I think, some of the best bit of, of that entire movie. So getting to see how other people handled this crazy, you know, life changing event. I'm, I'm curious. Um, you know, I. I didn't care for the first film, but I love the second film. So, you know, let's let's see how this one goes. I, I still don't understand that. Too, same exact film. I know. I don't have time to get into it again. You want to hear, you want to find out all that shit, listen to our Quiet Place episode. Just don't get it. But uh, I like the, I like the first two a lot. <laughs> I would have been more down just for them to continue, especially because I know 
uh, Krasinski has talked about having an idea for a third one. Um, so I would have been more down just to see them can wait and when Krasinski's ready or after he's, I guess, done with Jack Ryan's upcoming third season um, and do that. But, you know, obviously they want to keep this going. It's a big moneymaker for them. So they're like, oh, we got at least a prequel until we can get Krasinski back. Um, so, you know, we'll see. But prequels inherently always kind of go in trepidatious. There's any prequel I go in trepidatious. I'm like, you're telling me something that I don't have times don't really need to know. Don't really care, no, but let's see what you can do with it. You know, sometimes we get great things out of it. Pearl was a case of a really fucking strong prequel that we got this year, but then you get, like, your Texas Chainsaw Massacre at the beginnings that tell me how Grandpa got in the wheelchair, and I was like, I didn't really give a shit, Um, but sweet. Well, you know, the biggest problem with prequels is establishing stakes, because if you've got characters, you know, if you're telling their stories, you know they're going to make it out alive, you know there's going to be you know, no repercussions for any of their actions. So like, it's hard to get invested, but if you've got a prequel, that's an entirely different cast and you can work with that, then you got your stakes. And I think that's where this is going. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt and see, I'm going to remain optimistic here. I'm glad you are. I am going to stay neutral. Fair enough. Well, I look forward to seeing this on in March 2024, which will, you know, I wonder where, where will we be in March 2024? I don't, I wonder. Twitter will be dead. Twitter will be dead. Country will be, you know, ramping up an election. It's going to be crazy. Will we have rights? I don't know. I... Well, I have a job. I, we'll see. <laughs> that's that's post grad school. That's when I got to really start doing it. Shit. I don't get too detailed specifics. It's not that kind of pod, the podcast with the politics, but you know, we'll see. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on. Who the fuck knows? Well, I know that you. Uh, this was your second time with Superhost. Um, when did you first check this film out? Well, I got back from deployment uh, last year, actually. I was catching up on some stuff, playing catch up on movies. And one of these was catch up on a couple of uh, Shutter originals. So at least the ones that I'd heard like a lot of things about that was on my radar. And it was like I did like a weekend where like I watched this and Porno and Vicious Fun. For those who are coming like before, let me explain the porno one. <laughs> I love actually... you just like I watched this movie, I I watched some porn, I watched this other movie. <laughs> <laughs> Not porn. <laughs> The movie's called Porno. It's a, it's a I think demons. It's a demon theater movie thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Just might involve a uh, possessed porno. Moving on. Um, I, I, this was one of the ones I watched. Uh, was this? I had heard about it. I think it actually came out the I, I, in twenty twenty one. I was just, it was when I was coming back from deployment, so. Uh, watched it and really enjoyed it. I got I had heard a lot of good things about it. I was like, I'll give it a shot. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I I'm a sucker for like just these more simple, like little horror films that they're not asking a whole lot. They're not trying to cram in as much subplots as possible. It's just like simple, quick, little, effective story that you can get into, get it out of ninety minutes, and you're done. And uh, I had fun with it. Nice. Um, 
I'd never heard of it prior to uh, picking it randomly from the book of Filmgasm, which, uh, you know, we've loosened the rules up a bit about that. We've we've shot down quite a few films we picked because we're like, eh, those probably will make great episodes. But this one, we decided to roll the dice. And uh, it was a decent flick. It's, it's creepy. Had some moments that made me jump. And, uh, you know, I got some things to say about the ending, but it's not terrible. I, I did like it. Uh, I wish there was more to talk about in terms of development. I, I like doing that. I like looking into how these films came about, but I got I got nothing for you here. I'm, my, my pockets are empty. You need to have a show like Beyond the Bad where there's just a wealth of development content. Almost yeah. nine times out of ten. There's, you know, endless things to talk about how a bad movie came about. There's endless things to talk about how a great movie came about. But these, like, you know, middle-of-the-road, like, good movies... Nobody has anything to say. It's literally like, look, they brought us an ideal. We approved it. They did some pre-pro. They shot the film. They edited it. It came out. What more do you want? Yeah, that's pretty much what we got here. Uh, so I figured, you know, we'll 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 work our magic, we'll work the film gas and magic, and create something from nothing as we've done in the past. Uh, when life hands you lemons, yes, you fall and stumble. And then you make lemonade. (laughs) All right. So my question to start this thing out. This movie is uh, follows a pair of uh, vacation vloggers who travel to Airbnbs and, you know, record their entire experience for, for views and likes. And these kinds of human parasites exist. And. I would like to know your thoughts on vloggers. Do you ever watch any 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 vloggers? Do you follow any of them on social media? These people who live their entire lives on YouTube or TikTok or Instagram. I just want to say first off, I like how you asked me this question and immediately start with calling them parasites. Feels like a leading question, sir. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, I, I I fucking despise most vloggers. Um, thank God. I, what if I was like, I love vlog- that's all I watch is vloggers. I was like, I would love your like. Well, speaking of vloggers, check out my my channel, you know, Caleb's Cribs or something like that. I'd be like, this is over. You're out. We're not doing this anymore. Caleb's Caleb's Cribs. Welcome to Caleb's Corner, where today... I gotta call Austin for an emergency podcast, because you, you're fucking out. <laughs> today on Beyond the Bed, in Caleb's Corner. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're, it's so weird, like, the idea of living your entire life in front of a camera, like, for your choice, just to show off, like, crazy, you know, dumb shit that you do. Like, I don't care. Like, it's weird. Like, it's people who do care are even weirder. <laughs> I hit that button a little too late. My bad. Um, I hit it like after I caught. Um, dude, it's weird because like on one end, I hate it, right? And I'm just like, God, like fuck you guys, like you're annoying. You just especially because I've heard a lot of stories about them pulling the I'm a social media influencer card at like restaurants, restaurants and stuff to try to get free food, and it's like, well, fuck off. You mean nothing to me. Um. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the vibe. I, if anybody ever told me, you know, I'm a social media influencer, give me free shit. 
I will either give them a free punch in the face or just tell them to fuck right off. I will shit in a bag and then I will give them that. I will give them their free shit quite literally. Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Okay. Remind me never to hit up a, like, you know, blog convention with you. I'm not going to one. It's like on one end, like, yeah, it's like, how do you like and how can you get into that where you're just watching someone basically live their life and never have the audacity to just turn the fucking phone off? I got to do it for my viewers. I got to do it like I don't give a shit. Now, the flip side is it absolutely. Oh, my God. If people gave that much of shit about my life, I'd vlog all the time. If I was how I could make my living, you bet your ass I fucking I would have no morals at that point. Like, don't give a shit. It's making me money. I get it. Isn't it just like legalized prostitution at this point? Like you're you're just, you know, you're selling yourself for millions, admittedly. Yeah. Like amazingly, these people are millionaires. That that people really eats my lunch. <laughs> but like, I mean, none of it's re- like they're they're you know, we see it in this movie. Like it's it's a life manufactured on a camera for the sake of you know propelling the fantasy. So at what point do you lose yourself? Like when do the you know the the lives merge? Like, how do you find who you fucking are when everything you do is fake? Yeah, like it, and then it's like you know, obviously, and it's actually kind of funny because I was listening to post um not post mortem, the movie crypt. They did a roundtable discussion on stalkers recently, hmm. um, on this past episode actually on stalkers. And it's like you know, obviously, that's an issue that anyone faces, and you know, obviously, celebrities have that issue, um just being a public figure how you know what about these guys that do this for a living you know what i mean that this is their living is to vlog their personal life like how do you do when shit gets real like that because it's like you're vlogging your home you're vlogging your car you're vlogging where you live where you go to eat where you probably take a shit i don't know you vlog every fucking second of your life why not and in some cases they have only fans nowadays so sometimes you if you're if you're a fan of a vlogger, you know, you might be able to get that extra little something something for like five bucks a month or whatever the fucking price is. Only, I don't know. I don't have OnlyFans, so I don't I just know about it. I love it. You had to point out, like, I do not have an OnlyFans. No one like, wants no one wants to see me on OnlyFans and I don't want to. I'm not forking out money to see some chick naked on OnlyFans. But, I, you know, it is easy to get obsessed with somebody who advertises everything about them. Like when you feel like you know, like every aspect of somebody's life, and you're, you know, to some mentally ill people, it is easy to imagine a familial connection with these people. And they're let, you know, I imagine it's a lot like, you know, check it out. It's me. And like, there's my stalker back there. You see that? (laughs) Just vlogging their stalker. We see in in Superhost, you know, when she tries to vlog something real, they're all like, fake news. It's bullshit. This is terrible acting. Like, yeah. yeah, there's no, you know, you're setting yourself up for a boy who cried wolf scenario. We, we're we moving into a world where we, so much of what we do is online. I mean, Jesus Christ, my, my things are just like, hey, I'm going to order this and I get on my phone and order it. You know what I mean? Or yeah. look something up or, you know, whatever it is on, on my phone alone while I'm watching like Netflix or something. So it's like I'm doing all this online stuff, right? We do so much shit with technology and online that like, where where does it stop you know like when are you going to take that one and be like you know what i don't need to vlog what i'm doing 24 7 you know um 
there was recently a controversy where a vlogger went to go see Black Adam in theaters, and when the spoiler for those who haven't seen Black Adam, might want to shut your ears off right now. But in the post credit scene or mid credits, I should really say, uh, when Superman pops up, he purposely had his phone out and was vlogging it and acting like over the top and emotional and all stupid and pissing everyone off around him because he was doing it again for the views for the vlog. <laughs> I would have, oh my god, I would have, I would have lost my shit. Yeah, and that's where it's like we're getting to a point now with it where it's like they're doing shit like that and it's like that's not cool dude because at the end of the day you're not in your personal home you're in a fucking movie theater with other people that paid money to go see that movie shut up I was reading about this uh, this woman on TikTok who was letting her viewers dictate every aspect of her life like where you know where should she go to school who should she date what should she eat like yeah she broke up with her boyfriend because that's what the viewers said that's fucking insane. Who would do that? Who would give that kind of power over themselves to a bunch of nimrods who don't know anything? Yeah, about most, most of those nimrods in their head are dating her and have wild fantasies they think are real. real. And, I, dude, if I was her boyfriend and that was like, now, again, I you know, hopefully like there were some legit issues and this wasn't an out-of-the-blue thing in their relationship. So if I was a boyfriend and that was the reason for breaking up, be like, the fuck? If I was with somebody who was literally making every decision based off what a bunch of idiots on the internet told her to do, that's not a healthy relationship because that is not a healthy person. Yeah, no. But yeah, it's I've never understood these, you know, these vloggers, these social media influencers, the people who base an entire life around, you know, I can subscribe. And I realize a bit of hypocrisy because we are saying this on a podcast that we operate. But you know what? After the podcast, we go home. And we keep shit to ourselves. This I mean, is not our entire I, lives. Well, I'll say nine times out of ten after we record, I go to bed. Um, yeah. I'm going to go do, you know, real life shit. This is my playground. You know, if every moment of every day is recess, nothing special. Yeah, exactly. It, it It's just weird, man. We, you know, and look, I... This kind of leads into a bigger question, because you kind of mentioned it, right, with the vlogging, obviously, social media... You know, and people, you know, they have their views for social media and, you know, you always hear it when someone's like, I'm not on it. You always hear the people be like, oh, yeah, good, good for you not having it. I'm like, to me, like social media has never been the problem. The actual platforms have never been the problem, like Facebook, Instagram, uh, TikTok, Snapchat, um, you know, whatever. And then whatever you're using the vlog. Um, that has been the problem. It's been the people. It's 100% just humans that have been the problem and filling in. Because you get people, not just people who blog, but people in general that will post things on Facebook solely to see how many likes they get. Or post stuff on Instagram solely to get all those fucking likes. Because it it fills them with joy when they start seeing their notifications go off constantly for something they posted. Yeah, it's a drug. You know, it's people get addicted to social media. People get absorbed into that like it's all they care about. And, you know, we... I think we're just starting to recognize that as like severe unhealthy behavior. But I mean, you know, where does it go next? And like, like you said, you know, it's the people who use these platforms, not the platforms themselves. Cause I, you know, personally I've had Facebook for, you know, since it started, not once have I ever, you know, like, you know, gone fucking crazy because of it. <laughs> Same no. with Instagram and, you know, Twitter, like we're on all this stuff, but it's, you know, just, a piece of who we are. It's not all of us. It's not all of who we are. 
Yeah, and unless you're Elon Musk and Twitter is all of who you are, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I don't, you know, I don't like bullies, so I'm going to spend $44 billion to get rid of the bullies who called me bad names. And be a bully myself. And then make people completely forget that, you know, you have SpaceX and, SpaceX and Tesla to your name, so you're destroying Twitter so horrendously. There goes Mars colonization. That was a fun pipe dream while it lasted, wasn't it? <laughs> This guy's leading it. I'm not getting on that spaceship. God no. <laughs> no, it yeah, we, we live in a very strange strange world where we all want our 15 minutes of fame. And you know, you know, it's uh apparently America's always been a very celebrity obsessed culture. I don't mean that since I like obviously we obsess over celebrities, but we do. I'm talking more about like because of that obsession, we want to have our 15 minutes. We want to have our time in this time to shine, moment in the sun. And it's led to a lot of things like this, like fucking vloggers that just do it. And then, like I said, the the catch twenty two is as that. Then I see that you know these guys own fucking mansions in the Hollywood Hills, so making all this money. I'm like, you know, I get that. Then I would do the same fucking thing if that was my job, was just to be on social media and I made millions like that. Oh God, would I do it? But it's like, yeah, it's, despite what we all might think. Integrity does have a price. It absolutely does. Yeah, it sucks. But, you know, if somebody offered me $10 million to put on a purple T-shirt and yell at people on the sidewalk, I, it'd be hard to turn that down. Yeah. Hey, look, to quote a famous actor, comedian, stuntman, it's all about the content. <sighs> yeah, you know what? I you could trace a lot of this back to those guys regrettably, you know, it's, I hate to say it, but yeah, like what were they doing, but acting like jackasses in public and filming it. That's become a career for a lot of idiots. The difference is the jackass crew has the respect of people in the goddamn industry. (laughs) Amazingly integrity didn't like, they didn't sell out, which is pretty incredible. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's a weird, you know, social media made everybody think their voice matters. And let's be honest, most of us, most of our voices do not fucking matter. No, God, no. We were the main character in our own movies. We we're the side characters. Everyone else is, though. And some people's were literally just a fucking background actress. 98% of people's movies I would never want to fucking watch. No, which is why, you know, biographies are kind of boring because they have to do the same old tricks to heighten tension and trauma. So they do make it interesting to watch. On that note, check out Weird, the Al Yankovic story, which completely obliterates those expectations and just tells a story Weird Al wanted to tell, regardless of how true it is. Yes. And on that note, if you're wondering, how do I watch it? Because it's a Roku channel original, which I never thought that fucking string of words come out of my mouth. Um, you can actually download the Roku channel app itself. You don't have, need a Roku. You have Fire Stick. I found the, the app. I downloaded it. I can watch it now legally. Yeah. You know, Weird Al did maybe, maybe promote current it, but I I found a means to do it legal for free, and I'm just saying you can too. We are not sponsored by Weird. I just thought it was a really good movie. <laughs> I haven't watched it yet, but I really do want to watch it. Well, I'm glad we both think floggers are just 
pieces of human garbage who are just sucking the life bone out of society. Yeah. So, what if I was like secretly a vlogger? What if that was what was found out? I just have like all these vlogger friends. I have like millions stashed. Just haven't told you guys. This would have been a very quick episode, and there'd be a changing of the guard. <laughs> <laughs> I would give beyond the bad to Colton, and we would just move forward like you would never, like you were never here. Wow. I there's not a lot I would I would cut ties over my like over my best friends for, but that that is that's up there. You become an influencer, you're gonna lose some goddamn influence. <laughs> and I hope you would do the same to me. Maybe. <laughs> Did I say life bone, life blood. I don't know what's up with me tonight. I don't know what the fuck a life bone is. It's late. It's it is. It's late. You it's know what? It was. It was daylight savings time. I think it just threw us off. Yeah. I don't ever know what time it actually is. I just go with it. Didn't we make it like? Didn't we like agree as a country as in put into law that we're not changing the time anymore? Yeah, I guess nobody told everybody. You know what's weird? There's some states that just do not participate. I found that out. There's like five, like five states just don't do it. They just maintain their own like time at all time, like their own version of time at all times. They don't move forward. They don't push back. It's just what time it is, is what time it is. I respect that. I want to. I want to go to one of those states. It's almost like time is something that somehow become a very became a very man made concept. Yeah, it's fucking farmers. Anyway, um, all right, that was a fun conversation. I didn't expect that to go in such an interesting, insightful, roast of a conversation. That was nice. Yes. <laughs> You thought I was going to be like, fuck bloggers. They should all die in the fiery pits of hell. That's kind of where I am. <laughs> That's what I want to say, but I feel like I should be, I, I should be more thoughtful and eloquent. You know, really, they could all die. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would feel nothing. <laughs> there's this, um, there's this food truck I saw that I just adore their, their game plan. It's the truck's called $5 grilled cheese. All they have it's a grilled cheese sandwich for $5. It's bread and cheese. They don't have fixins. They don't have drinks. They don't have side dishes. It's $5 grilled cheese. And if you claim that you are a social media influencer and you would like free food, it's $6 grilled cheese. <laughs> I love these guys so much. Uh, I've heard so many, like so many places like we'll find ways to do that shit. Cause I guess that's like become a more common thing than I ever anticipated. Yeah. Is uh people just trying to be like I'm a social media influencer? You should give it to to me for free for the um for the, like the likes and the people I can try into your restaurant. The exposure, so of, that's what they say. Exposure. exposure. So I, I did not find out that apparently a lot of like restaurants will have straight up signs up saying we do not accept social media social influencer as a means for free food. You pay for it. Like, like, things like that. So I'm like, yeah, we're not taking that excuse. I was like, how often is this being said to fucking restaurant owners? Well, constantly, especially in like big cities with like, you know, popular restaurants, people try to get in there and act like, you know, they're entitled to something. I would love to be on the receiving end of that to just be like, get the fuck out of my restaurant. Yeah, I would. I'd be like, well, now you're just not getting food. Get the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, OK. Back to Superhost. This film was written and directed by Brandon Christensen. 
who also directed 2017's Stillborn and 2019's Z. Have you seen either of those films? Neither have I. That's all I got on Brandon Christensen. <laughs> I've heard of both of them. I just haven't seen them. Um, I think this is like the this, the this is the biggest one to his name, maybe. It's one I've seen. So to me, yes. <laughs> Um, the film stars Osric Chow as Teddy and Sarah Canning as Claire. Chow, you may remember as reluctant prophet Kevin Tran on Supernatural. Didn't expect to see him in this. That was cool. Yeah, that's, I remember watching going, hey, it's it's a uh, guy from Supernatural. <laughs> God damn it. I mind blank so hard in that moment. I just said his name. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Look, I don't know what's going on with me the past couple of days. Like, so I bought, I was nice enough to at the food line one day to get like a, a cheesecake, like a chocolate cheesecake sampler thing they had uh, for me and Josh to enjoy. And two nights down the road, he has grabbed cheesecake, hasn't like told me to invite me on the cheesecake party that was happening. And I went to go get it the next day and went, Did you have cheesecake last night? And he's like, I did it in front of you. Like, I open it loudly in front of you and walked right in front of you. I was like, I don't recall that. What what is going on right now? Why are you regaling me with the exploits of the cheesecake adventure? What what does this have to do? It has to do with my mind not properly working. And apparently I I'm mind blanking on when people get cheesecake in front of me and when you say a character's name from Supernatural in front of me. <laughs> well, I'm Audrey Chow was Kevin Tran for like three three seasons. That's Seven, right, Kevin. Eight, there we go. Nine, yeah, three seasons, I believe. And uh, got killed pretty aggressively by an angel who was not who he said he was. That was Supernatural a sad moment. Has, Supernatural has a tendency to kind of kill off its like, side characters really quick. Yeah. It, well, I mean, he, Kevin lasted a while. He was a prophet. And then, you know, Metatron was like, you got to kill this son of a bitch. And Gadriel was like, might as well. I got nothing better to do. I remember every bit of that show. I loved it so much. <laughs> It was a really good show. I think it went on a bit too long. So there's definitely some seasons where I'm like, not the best season. There's only like two like seasons of that show. I didn't really care for eight and I didn't care for ten. But everything else I, I was pretty on board with. Yeah. I, I'm saying like there were some seasons I thought were okay. I'm with I you. There was like very few seasons I like actively disliked. Like I don't. I remember season seven, I wasn't super big. That one I didn't really like all that much with the Leviathans just because they were wasted potential. I love the the concept of like God's mistakes escaping purgatory and like being this all-powerful, indestructible monster. And I do think that like fattening up humans with like a fast food restaurant was a weird way to go with that. Yeah. I like the dick jokes they got away with when they called the one Dick Roman. Yeah, I like I like a good dick joke. Uh I was just impressed that they, I felt they stuck the landing. I, I was very impressed with the finale and I loved it. So same, even though I've, I've read a lot of fans were quite pissed off after a 15 season run and COVID interrupting what the original plans were. It's not going to be possible to please everybody. I think even if they had done what they originally planned, they would have not pleased everybody. No, nah. when you're ending a show with that kind of fan base after that long, you know, the fact that anybody enjoyed it is kind of a miracle. Yeah, I mean, I look, I get it. I know the original plan was to be more bombastic and epic because it was like, hey, let's go in line with the final season. I like that we got a much more mindset finale. And it was just like focus on the on them too. I was like, no, I like that. It's focusing on why we got into the show to begin with, like who this started with, 
And that was their relationship, the two brothers, and that's what it focused on. That's what I liked about it. Two brothers. Yep, that's my two cents on the supernatural finale. For those who cared, I was I'm with you. I quite enjoyed it. Did I get maybe a little bit emotional in the moment that I carry on my way when Son started playing? I'm like, oh god damn, it's it's over. Buddy, the finale, I was bawling like a child. I hadn't I hadn't cried that hard in a long time. It got like I was into that shit, man. That was powerful. I I that's why I loved it so much. I was like, you know, when you it made me cry. So I'm like, clearly I'm responding to this. I like this. Yeah. And then apparently I did not realize that that bridge they in on was like the one from the premiere. Yeah. They're also wearing the same clothes. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, see, that's what I'm talking about. Like, I liked how they did that. Again, how intimate most Moscow it was. I, I liked it. Yeah. Supernatural kicked ass. And I always like getting to kind of bring it up when we have an opportunity. I love Supernatural. That's such a good show. The Winchesters isn't terrible. I've been watching the Winchesters oh. spinoff. Um, it's not terrible. Yeah, it's not terrible. Like it, it's it's good being back in that world. I'm curious on how we're just not how we're clearly just retconning. <laughs> I think uh, that at the end of the series, like Castiel will show up and wipe their memories or something. Something's going to happen. Because right now, I'm like, you guys are hopefully have some kind of game plan. On because right now this is humongous retconning, um, but it's it's been good. It's been pretty good so far. It's nice being back into the world of supernatural. Yeah, it's not the Winchester Brothers, but just being back in that world. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. been nice. That's cool. Maybe when the you know the se- the first season's done and it's on Netflix, and I don't have to wait like for the weird CW like gaps, mm-hmm. I'll go ahead and just check that out. There shouldn't be too many gaps luckily because apparently cw in a in an effort to cut costs and save some money because they apparently haven't made a profit at all as a company um that's a hell of a wake-up call isn't it <laughs> yeah um they they opted to not do a back in order of episodes like you know how they would do in the past with all their shows like hey it's coming in for a nice episode season oh they back over to 23 this was this originally got picked up for 13 episodes and they're sticking with that. They're like, no, no back order. We got it. We don't have the money. So to do that, they're like, but we're not rolling out season two. If the fucking channel makes it that long. I mean, they're bleeding to death, apparently. <laughs> Damn. I guess yeah. Riverdale doesn't doesn't pay what it used to. No, well, I mean, they're canceling all their fucking scripted content. Like, they just finally announced that Supergirl is ending on currently run season. Which Wait, means... they, they just announced Supergirl's ending? Yeah. I thought that ended, like, two years ago. No, it's on its third season, and they just now were like, yeah, this third season's going to be its last. Are you saying Superman and Lois? No, Supergirl. Or, oh, sorry, Super uh, Stargirl. There we go. Star, okay, I thought so. I'm so bad. Supergirl's been over for a while. Oh, yeah. Supergirl has been. Sorry, Stargirl. It's on its third season. They just got told it's ending. Okay. See, I didn't even know there was a Stargirl show. So maybe yeah. they need to advertise better. <laughs> they do. It's actually been pretty good. It has Amy Adams and Luke Wilson in it. It's pretty good. Amy um, Adams? Really? Yeah. Oh, wait, the no. Idiot. God damn it. Oh, God damn it. Dude. <laughs> my brain's not here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> like there's no way in hell Amy Adams is popping in on a CW superhero show. I'm not ruling that possibility out. <laughs> Amy Smart. There we go. This is a fun episode. Um okay. God damn it. So, I, yeah. <laughs> Osric Chow is Teddy. He was on Supernatural and Sarah Canning 
was in the Vampire Diaries as the character Jenna Summers. And since neither of us watched that show, got nothing to say on the Vampire Diaries. No, I just remember it as a show that Supernatural would make fun of quite a bit. Um, Gracie Gillum plays the psychotic Rebecca, and she also has a Supernatural connection. She played the angel Hyle in an episode in season nine. So she was also in Supernatural briefly. I believe she was killed because every angel, despite being like an all-powerful being, lasted about two minutes on that show. Yes, and also they did for a while have a string of killing off female characters willy-nilly. They really did. That was rough. If you watch those first couple seasons, you're like, you guys may not want to kill off the the the, the, the female characters there. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the only shows I've ever seen that for an entire 15-season run never once had a serious romantic subplot. No, because we only apparently cared about the Winchester brothers and their relationship. Yeah, we did. <laughs> That's I true. Know. Yeah. <laughs> um, Gilliam, um, Gilliam also appeared in three episodes of Scream Queens and 16 episodes of Z Nation. So a lot of va- random TV. And she's the standout. She's fucking wild in this movie. Yeah, no, I... Good, uh, good for her. She's clearly working her ass off to ministry. Uh, cause yeah, she's really good. Like, um, the fact that like she even right off the bat lets kind of lets the characters know like there's something not right about her. I love how she doesn't hide it, but then when the the moment things get found out, that that switch that flips, yeah, for her, and well, you're like, oh shit. Well, they immediately are like, oh, this is great content. Not this lady's unhinged. We should get out of here. <laughs> Because, you know, vloggers are fucking stupid. <laughs> you know, yeah, say what you will about good old Johnny Knoxville just need to get content. He is actually also a smart man and would probably be like, this is, we need to get content somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. So, we finally, we've got Scream Queen Barbara Crampton as Vera, the crazy bitch who tries to get revenge on our heroes. And we never really find out who the bad guy was in that situation. But I, I bet it's the vloggers. My money is on the vloggers. <laughs> Um, I'm not agreeing with how Barbara Crampton proceeded to get her revenge. It was nice seeing Barbara Crampton. I was like, oh, shit, Barbara Crampton's in this movie. Yeah. Crampton has appeared in such horror classics as Reanimator, From Beyond, and Chopping Mall, as well as recent horror flicks like The Lords of Salem, You're Next, We Are Still Here, and Jacob's Wife. So she's never stopped, and she was in this, and she just has one moment where she's just like, fuck these people, and you kind of just get on board with that. As the movie yeah. progresses, I was watching this really? with uh, my new my my friend Isabel, and we were just like, "These people are idiots the whole time." Which <laughs> was great. And technically, she did take a break because uh, there was like a gap in her career, but that was because she was she became like a mom and she wanted to focus on that. And there was a lot of other personal reasons that she did that for. But there was a gap. It took her. Your next, I remember, was actually, I think, uh, I think we are still here in your next. If I recall correctly, were like her two big like comebacks to horror when she was like, yeah, I'm 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 ready to come back. Yeah, I'm glad she came back. Uh I've seen more of her content than I thought I have, which is always a nice realization. Yeah, she's probably been a lot of stuff. It's always a welcome addition. I know she's Josh has like, been he's been plugging Jacob's wife for me for a while now. I'm gonna have to check yeah. my phone. It's a really good movie. I've seen it. it's really, really good. Um, she's gonna be in the upcoming. I guess her and her and Joe Lynch have a good working relationship thanks to the creep show episode she was in from, and she's gonna be in his upcoming movie. Um, 
doesn't have a title yet, but she's in his upcoming movie. Sweet. Good to know. That is literally all I've got on Superhost, like the cast, and that's it. So Superhost was picked up by Shudder last year, has an IMDb score of 5.5. IMDb is never kind to Shudder films. Like, it's really ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's annoying. It's um, it has a letterbox score of 2.8 out of 5 stars, which also seems kind of low. Uh, and a Rotten Tomato score of 85% with an audience score of 50. So it's like really mixed. Uh, Critics consensus on Rotten Tomatoes reads, Gracie Gillum's four-star performance helps Superhost roll out a blood-red carpet for horror fans seeking delightfully grim accommodations. Okay. Yes. Even when they praise something, it's wordy. Delightfully grim accommodations. Horror fans will like this. There, I fixed it for you. There you go. This this is good movie. Horror fans like. Gracie Gillum is good. (laughs) Gracie Gillum, woman. Woman, good. I do like that the consensus is is just about her. She's like, she is great and really helps this movie work. Like, what does that mean? That sounds backhanded. It's a little backhand. It's like these are her two. They kind of suck, but thank God they got her. They suck as people, the characters. The performances are good. <laughs> let's be let's be very clear about that. <laughs> yeah, no, I like everyone in this movie, but yeah, she does steal the show from me. Like, she is really, really good. Like yeah, she has a lot of crazy moments, so I'm like, what the fuck's going on with this chick? At least first time I watched it. Obviously, this time I knew what was happening, but first time I watched it, I was like, what the hell? Yeah, so let's go through it. Let's go through the movie, some highlights. Um, we first meet these fuckers in an episode of their show, Superhost, where they go across the country living in other people's houses and just complaining. That seems to be the, the whole deal. And uh, they're going to... Hmm? What I love is that she complains a lot and you get various moments where you can tell like he's starting to get like, I don't want to do this. I don't think this is a really good thing we're doing. Like you can cast it on his face, but he's like, he's, he's in it to win it. Well, when they turn off the can, like when they're doing the show, they're like, Hey, what's up? It feels like fucking blues clues. And as to, as soon as the camera goes down, they both are just like, like the, the happiness shrinks away and they're like, okay, that was good. And then upload it. It's like, there's, there's trouble in paradise. They've been doing this for too long, and I don't. I think they blurred the line between content and life. Yes, which I mean, there is something uh, that could be said. I yeah, I don't think this is a fault on the film. Just they didn't want to explore it, obviously. But something you could definitely explore, and it has been explored with horror films that that blurring with these vloggers and um, social media influence or cam girls, if you will, for those who saw Cam on Netflix. But that that blurring of like their what they person what they put on cam on camera their work life but also their personal life especially something like that where it's so intertwined and close together. Yeah, and it gets even worse when he decides to do this little secret proposal plan for his subscribers and waits for her to leave the room and it's like, all right, I got the ring here and we're gonna go up to the top of the mountain. Don't be sure to like and subscribe. Really, you're going to turn like one of the most intimate, important moments of both of your lives into a spectacle for you, for the assholes watching you. Really, I mean, they, they both fuck it up because he does that, and then when it happens, she thinks it's for the fucking views. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna get to that. I had so much to say about that scene. Oh, that was painful. 
<laughs> but yeah, just from the get go, I'm like, she seems like she doesn't like him that much. I don't think this is going to work out. But he's so he's so sure. <laughs> she likes me, guys. She really likes me. So they go to the house already, like from the first like little episode in the opening credit, there's a massive tonal shift with the music. And I'm like, all right, getting some some shining, some lodge vibes here, like in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get to the house. Numbers wrong. They start filming first impressions and he gets like sarcastic and is like, what's up? And that was that was funny. What's up? Uh, I will say, look, if they were the horror of this movie, that is a nice house and a nice location. Yeah, it is. It's a nice place. Uh, and then Rebecca shows up, just creeps up behind them and waits for them to notice her. Already, yeah. like, big red flag. No hi, no hi, no. It's like I will wait. Yeah, so that was that was a good you no know, first appearance for her. And then they go inside and like the toilet's fucked up and she everything's broken. But she's like, I'll get to it. I'll fix that. Don't leave me a bad review. <laughs> I'll fix it at the most inopportune time. I do like how, like, at first, before you find out, like, all the, the reveals come, right, that this film is kind of, like, playing on the on the worst nightmare on the guest side of Airbnb, right? Um, and that is having uh, Airbnb hosts like this. Like, it's just overbearing, creeps you out a bit. So I'm sure there's some real-life example of, like, creepy Airbnb hosts. I want to know. I don't Airbnb. Never don't intend to. But uh, this does. I like how this film plays on that side of it. Like, kind of has some fun with that. I Airbnb'd once for Austin's bachelor party, but we never like met the guy. It was all online. And the keys were like in a box, so there was never like some creepy guy hanging around. Like, is everybody enjoying their stay? How's it? How's it going? That never happened. <laughs> what uh, you guys doing in there? there? Then I saw Barbarian, and I'm like, I'm never fucking doing that again. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, they're kind of creeped out by Rebecca. There's this, you know, they're not. She's not getting a good review just from the get go. You can tell they don't like her, but they also are like, she's creepy enough to keep our audience entertained. So let's start. Let's keep filming her. There's security cameras all over the house. It's a weird vibe. Yeah. Content, yeah, it's like it's crazy the the lengths people will go for content. Uh, Ted, 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 Teddy wakes up in the middle of the night, sees a creepy dark shadow person in the yard with bright yellow eyes waving at him. It's clearly Rebecca, but the way it's framed is so strange and gave me kind of a supernatural vibe of things to come. I feel like I I didn't really get that. I feel like that's I mean I'm not this is not. Let me try and like come at you, but I think you were like inferring that. But I always took it as like that's Rebecca just standing out there being a creep, and some kind of light trick is happening that's causing her glasses or whatever the fuck she's wearing to glow up and be bright like that. She doesn't wear glasses or her eyes or whatever. It was just a weird way to do it. Like just seeing a shadow person with bright eyes definitely gave me a, a, a an inference of like something's not right here. And I just I was thinking more of a supernatural direction, but that that didn't happen. It was just it was odd. Mm. Uh, I, I like it. it's a creepy little scene that like I don't know what I would do if I walked out on my fucking porch middle of the night and there's just someone standing there looking at me. It's never really made clear what suspended their YouTube account. I, it, well, I think that's what Robert Hampton comes in where it's kind of like inferred to that 
word may have gotten out that they're not exactly the nicest human beings at these at these places. I mean, that's what's causing it for them to start slipping in their ratings. That'll do it. When when they first like when they first discovered their account was suspended, I thought it was Rebecca, and I had this thought of like, wow, I've never seen a horror villain go after someone's YouTube account before. This is this is interesting. <laughs> in a word, hurts. <laughs> I cut off their YouTube. They're mine. <laughs> um, so the there's this ongoing thing about the toilet where something's clogged up the toilet. They don't know what it is. Rebecca tries to fix it, but she's like, oh, that persnickety toilet. Just not. And she had like an Annie Wilkes vibe going, which I thought was really creepy. Uh, and also there's a they, there's this cat room, but no cat. And I kept thinking like it's the dead cat clogging the toilet, isn't it? I thought that's why they were going with that. But then Teddy finds a set of false teeth in the toilet, which is even creepier. Very creepy. That part is like, oh, shit. Whose kinda... head got flushed down the toilet? Yeah, I mean, look, you're already kind of wondering, like, something's not right. But that's like a mo- one of the many moments where you start going, oh, my God, what's happening? Why is there? You don't see you don't usually find teeth in the toilet. That doesn't usually happen. Nope. Um, I want to find a toilet. She, uh, Rebecca shows up in the morning to make them breakfast by way of apology for the toilet. Uh, Teddy finds out when he comes down in his underwear and she's like making pancakes and keeps talking to him. And it's a funny scene. They, uh, they eat the breakfast when she's gone and they're like, she's fucking weird. She makes good pancakes. And then like they say like, thank you for the breakfast, like sarcastically to the camera and a voice pipes in. You're very welcome. I fucking jumped. That was creepy. That, yeah, there's no amount of, like, pep in your step that you can do with your voice that that wouldn't creep me out. Well, just the the idea that, like, she's been able to hear them the entire time they've been shit-talking her. (laughs) And it's just been letting it slide, we think. Yeah. (laughs) It's just the fact that, like, not even that. For me, it'd be the fact that, like, not only are you watching me, clearly, but you're listening to what I'm saying. Like That would creep me out immensely. Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, then we meet the angry lady who throws a rock at the, the house, Vera, who's like, these assholes ruined my life. And Rebecca's like, so you, you destroyed my window. That makes sense. It's the only time we're on her side. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd be like, yeah, well, what, why did you do that? It's not even their house. It's my house, lady. She goes fucking ape shit on Vera. She's like, get the fuck out of here. I will what is he, I will slice you up or something. I'll cut you yeah. open. That's what she says. Yeah, it was weird. It was, especially as Barbara Crampton comes in like super hot on the scene. I, phrasing, but you know, she comes in like hot and angry there. So you know what I mean? I know. Uh, what you're... And then like you see her like immediately like 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 shrink and just like get real defense uh like on the defense with fucking uh, the supposed lady here because she just starts losing it on her. It is creepy. Well, it's also funny. Like she does come in hot. She's like, "These people, you don't know who they're de- like, who they are, who they really are. They're terrible. They'll ruin your life." And Rebecca just ignores that. It's like you destroyed my window. And Vera's like, "Well, uh, yeah." Like she's trying. She can't rationalize that part. Yeah. I again, it's one, yeah, it's one of the times where I'm with her because I probably was the same thing. Like, okay, I hear you. Yeah. That's my window, and you just threw a rock at it. Why? 
I also in that moment realized their license plate says Superhost. Yeah. And, God. Uh, does that chap your grind your gears? That grind your gears grinds my gears. I eats my lunch, as I like to say. It just reinforces the idea that these are these these people are assholes. Yeah, they're just advertising their fucking podcast on their license plate everywhere they go. Yeah, literally filming every second they have to be like, look at this, whoa! And yeah, Vera is like the collateral damage of what they what they do. They don't care who gets hurt in their stupid quest for views. No, uh, as as get their views. That's all that matters. Exactly. Then we get Rebecca's interview, which is insanely creepy because she starts it by fucking screaming at the top of her lungs. Or <laughs> screaming, and then she'll do these like she would do these weird pauses. The pauses scared me, man. I hate I kept thinking, what the fuck is she gonna do? Like, ugh. Yeah, just that sitting there and just staring off, and you're you get tense, you're like, what the fuck is going on? Like, say something, say something. She starts telling this story about this, like the last owner, the like the last people she had staying in the house, who were this old couple who treated her like family, and they had Christmas together, and it was all so sweet. And I'm thinking, this is a horseshit. She's lying through her teeth right now. <laughs> yeah, no way. And based off what we found, out, it's like I felt like part was like I felt like you're telling the truth. It's just all in your head. Yeah, you might have interpreted it that way, but I highly doubt they did. Uh, then we get the proposal. Ah, it's time. Uh, before that, we get a, a Teddy making one last, like, you know, tomorrow's the day. It's going to be great. Like and subscribe at night. And you see the shadow move in the window. Oh, yeah, that's a great part. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. I remember watching it. When I was watching the end for this episode. I was like, I remember something. I remember something was going to happen. I was like, what the fuck does happen? My eyes were trained to the fucking open door behind me. Like, she's going to pop up in the background. Yeah. And then when you see the shadow, I'm like, oh, shit, never mind. There she is. So the proposal on top of the mountain where Teddy gives his great speech. But first he sets up the camera, like and subscribe. And <laughs> tells her, you know, I went and talked to your dad. He said, OK, I'm so happy. He gets on one knee, he proposes. And she gleefully is like, yes, yeah, so oh, yes. And it's so touching. And then he's like, or she says, you're a genius. This will up our subscriber base. And he's like, what? She's like, you were serious? We got to talk about this. Oh, man. It's just, you could hear the, like, his heart breaking. It's, <sighs> I've, you know, I've never been, I've never been married myself, but I can only imagine. And this is such a cringy scene to get through because it's just like, he's, you know, being very vulnerable, right? You're going to ask her, you know, to marry her. And then she pulls that line. Oh, this would be, that was a good move. Good. Uh, good plan. You're like, wait, no, no, no. I do like when she clicks, like, oh, you're being serious, and she's like, shit. It's like, yeah, now you should feel bad because you literally just shit on this dude's moment that he had all planned out. Well, then she tries to turn it around on him, like, well, you don't you realize how this looked? Like, you had the camera out. Like, I assumed this was for views. And like, he's like, yeah, that was stupid. I shouldn't have done that. And I'm yelling at the screen, like, yeah, that was stupid. Why did you do that? <laughs> you idiot. Next time, just turn the camera off. Oh, my God. Maybe keep some privacy for yourself, some intimate moments for just you. Jesus Christ, man. It's okay. Oh, okay. So they get creeped out by Rebecca. They're not in a great place. They're like, let's get out of here. So they 
they pack up, they leave, they run into Rebecca on the road, and she's just standing there. And instead of just, I don't know, maybe slowly driving around her, they decide to pull up. I love how the social contract kicks in. They're freaked out by her. They know something's up, but she's like, roll it down. And they're like, well, we don't want to hurt her feelings. They roll it down. I'm like, drive, drive. Oh, dude. This whole time watching, I'm like, I would have driven. Like, if I have, because they, I forget what they find. I already forgot what they find that makes them go, we need to get out of here. Um, so I remember they find something. I just like, not from off the top of my head right now. Fuck. Yeah. I, um, what was it? I can't remember. They find, I know they find very compelling evidence in the game. The mail, the mail of her like fake name, of her made up name. And they're like, oh, the real owners of this house are Betty and Lou. She said her name was Betty Lou. She's lying to them. She's not who she says she is. We got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. That would have been enough for me to be like, no matter what, we're driving because this woman's lying. We don't know what's going on. Let's get the fuck out of here. What does she say? Oh, there's one more thing I wanted to show you over here in the woods. Follow me. Yeah. Look, I'm going to tell you right now. This is probably also why I'm probably going to why I'm single. But if uh my girl, if I let's say I'm in a relationship and she turned to me and was like, "Come on, let's let's do it for the content," I'd be like, "All right, check this out. You go out there, and if but if you do, I'm driving away." I was like, "I'm in no way, shape, or form getting out of this car or anything. Like I am going around this bitch and I'm getting the fuck out of here." I love you saying that while the windows open and Rebecca can hear you. Just picturing that she's just standing there with a smile, and you're like, Fuck this bitch, I'm out of here. You decide, <laughs> you decide what you want to do. <laughs> but they go, they take the camera, they go out, and they find Vera tied to a tree. And you're thinking, Oh, shit. she's gonna do this, she's gonna kill the, the evil bitch so they so she can get a good review. And it feels like she does, and then it turns out Vera and her were playing a prank on these vlogger assholes who were going to give them both bad reviews. And you're thinking like, oh, this was all a, a, a ruse because Rebecca wanted to, you know, prank the vloggers for screwing with Vera. Maybe they're maybe they're friends or something. I don't know. You're like, oh, so there really never was any danger to begin with. Oh, OK, that's nice. Mm-hmm. Well, God, again, I'm just like, you see, like you see and what I like about the this kind of section it shows both of their faults. Like they had a chance to as very easily, especially in the kind of car they had to just drive around her and keep going and just never stop. Don't look back. But you know, uh, her content obsession got the better of them. And in this case, it's Teddy's insistence on not letting shit go apparently because literally they have an out like, Hey, it's just a prank. We're going to leave you alone. You're good to go. Right. Having out, she there's no, no reason crazy lady has suspicion that they know. And he asked that fucking question because he just couldn't shut the hell up. Yeah, what happened to Betty and Lou? And she's just like, oh. Sorry, Vera, and stabs her in the fucking face. Yeah, and then gets her in the gut and just stabs Barbara Crampton to death. And now it's like, Oh, shit. okay, this is real. Yep, this part's real. Oh, shit. Yeah. And then they take off running. Uh, they go back to the house instead of going back to the car. <laughs> I will never understand that. But hey, look, again, one, I would never step out of the car. We're driven around her. 
too, if I somehow was convinced about a car, I would just get my mouth shut when I found out I was pregnant. Be like, all right, let's go back to the car. You know what I mean? Like, I would well, left it. They get back to the house instead of immediately using the alarm to call the police. They give Rebecca enough time to get back to the house to access her computer to stop that. Great move. They look around for a bit. They find a in the storage area um, a cot and a computer. Rebecca has been living in the basement the entire time. Yeah, I do like uh, when and when Rebecca is messing with the controls and stuff, yeah. and you see her see them trying to turn off the turn the police thing back on. She she keeps shutting it off. Seeing Teddy's face first and what he's looking at, and then you just see her standing there with her fucking smile, holding a remote as she's turning it off every time they turn it back on. I'm like, oh shit. Yeah, her, it's an unsettling image, her just covered in Vera's blood, smiling at them, waving, and then, you know, telling the story of what really happened, how the, you know, she was a, um, a um, what's the word I'm looking for? Squatter, mm-hmm. who was discovered in Betty and Lou's house, and they're like, get the fuck out. So she killed them and her cat, er, and their cat, but then the vloggers had already signed up for an Airbnb weekend, and she couldn't finish taking care of shit before they showed up. So she had to act like she owned the place. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The more I talk about it, the more I'm like, you know what? That was a pretty good ending. Yeah. I was like, she fucking bamboozled the shit out of them. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that scene where she's just standing there is creepy. And then, yeah, when they, the basement, they, and then you, the chills you get when you realize like, Oh my God, she's been living down there. Cause you see the cottage and you're like, Wait, she's been living. What has she been doing at night when they're asleep? One one thing I do think is odd. Grace Gillum is five foot two. They're two capable adults who could have, I think, overpowered her easily and gotten the hell out of there. Yes, but I mean, look, I took it as like because they're vloggers and they were so they couldn't think too much beyond their vlog stuff so i just guess it's just they weren't that smart and she she was able to overpower them like you even see what tell you when he holds the fire poker i'm gonna yell at him like stab her you have the weapon and then he drops it because he barely has a grip on it so i i think it's like they weren't yeah they weren't very savvy with that aspect left because they're so obsessed with their youtube numbers yep um they have no survival skills all they know is how to complain on youtube yeah (laughs) all right sold yeah, that's how I took a survey to overpower them. And the way she did was was and also the way she achieved it helped me out, especially when like they finally separate and she was able to like slices her fucking neck open. And then again he drops fucking firepoke like an idiot so she can stab him, which weakens him immensely because he got stabbed. Looked like in the gut. Yeah, but before that, she straight up slices Claire's throat, which is actually pretty cathartic and rewarding. I'm glad I got to see that. Yeah. Um, oh, prior to that, Claire makes her desperate YouTube plea for help, which later, ah, oh, that was so funny when everyone's like, "Bullshit! This this, this channel used to mean something." <laughs> this is clearly fake. Oh, how they've fallen! Yeah, and Rebecca's just like, "Eh, no need to take this down. It's fine." <laughs> yeah, I'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, Ted gets chased through the woods, ends up back at the car. And get stabbed in the heart. So everyone's when he, dead. When he tries to fucking open that car door and then it clocks again, like I remember sitting there going, fuck. <laughs> yeah, that was done well. 
uh yeah so that's that's super host um anything anything else you wanted to point out uh no i'm i would love to but i mean between barbara crampton and i kind of said what i, I won't say is like so it's on this film but you know and it's a small film but it's a very effective uh in the small scale horror film made for a good film gasm uh there's no film guys and facts this week because there are only four bits of trivia on IMDb and none of them are good. So a couple of these actors were in the vampire diaries. A couple of them were in supernatural. There is no Monday, the 23rd until like 2023 or something. It was some stupid trivia. It's like, really, this is all we got. Even for the sake of vicious had something. Yeah. It, yeah. I looked it up. I ran someone. I was like, God damn, they really had nothing for trivia. Yep. So, I think it's the first episode in the entire show's run that has no film gas effects because I got nothing. Sorry. <laughs> um, I give Superhost an eight. It's a great psychological thriller the whole time. I think, you know, the more I talk about it, the more we you know talking through it. I, I came around on the ending. I think it's, a you know, for a small scale, creepy kind of, you know, just human thriller. I, th- I think it works. Yeah, no, I'm glad I could uh, do that. I would definitely, because I agree, I would give it an eight. Um, so yeah, it's you know, it's very small scale, very indie, but it works. They they knew what they were setting out to make, they made it, they did a good job making it. Um, and even just calm, you know, and tapping into fears when it comes to um, again, Airbnbs. And uh, again, on the on the flip side, I know obviously there's just many scary like guest Airbnb stories. Um, but on the flip side of it being like a you know, the the owner or the host, if you will, um, super. Super host. So it taps into that, but while delivering a fun, very well paced um little horror film. Yeah. I like doing these random shutter originals that don't get a lot of like, you know, advertisement. I like kind of finding these films and getting to talk a bit about them and you know, shine as you know, as much of a spotlight as we can on some of these mm-hmm. films. It's fun. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. If you like the show, feel free to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Filmgasm Productions. Well, Twitter for the mo- for the meantime, I don't know what will happen. We'll see. Elon Musk might hear this and be like, fuck them. And that's it for us on Twitter. <laughs> I hate this movie. Fuck those guys. <laughs> uh, if you want to suggest film stories to check out, you can uh, send us a message on the socials or you can email us at filmgasm at gmail.com. Check out our website, filmgasm.com, where we have reviews, articles, trailers of upcoming films in every episode of our shows. If you want to support the show through Anchor, you can click on support this podcast on your podcast provider. We appreciate it. Next week, we're going back to one of film's biggest franchises. In 1985, Roger Moore's long-running tenure as James Bond ended, and two years later, British character actor Timothy Dalton became the world's new Agent 007 with his debut film, The Living Daylights. James Bond investigates the connection between a defecting Soviet general and an American arms dealer with the fate of the Western world hanging in the balance. It's one of the most underrated films in the franchise, and it's always a pleasure going back to Bond. This was another random pick. Turns out, you know, coincided pretty good with our recent Octopussy episode and Beyond the Bad. So it's Bond month. Way to go. (laughs) Yeah, we, we did it somehow. Yeah. And I love Dalton. I love getting to talk about his tenure as Bond. So this will be really fun. Oh, yeah. It will be. Also, I have a very special announcement. We are launching a brand new podcast soon. It won't be a weekly show due to the insane workload that would bring that would, this would bring down upon my head. So, to ensure my ongoing sanity, 
This will not be a, a weekly show. It's going to be randomly released whenever we feel like it kind of show. It'll be hosted by myself and the newest Filmgasm team member who will be appearing exclusively on this show. Her name is Isabel Gonzalez. We met in grad school. She's a massive history buff. So we decided to do a show that combined my love of movies with her love of history. It's called Fake True Stories. And we intend to watch biopics and historically based movies to critique the historical accuracy and dive into the real stories behind the Hollywood fluff. We recorded our debut episode yesterday. We decided to start strong with Zack Snyder's 300. The episode will be dropped sometime in the next few weeks, and we really hope you all check it out and like what we're doing. It's definitely something different than anything else we've done. We had a blast doing it. So, Isabel, thanks for joining this crazy thing of ours, and you all will get to meet her officially on the first episode of Fake True Stories. I'm excited. This is, you know, I don't get, I don't get to do a lot of history stuff on this show because, you know, it's movies. And while this is also movies, very much leaning into history as well. And um, this will be really fun. We we had a blast recording the first episode. And uh, yeah, this, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, no, it should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to doing it uh, or listening to it. I'm not, not doing it, but listening to the episodes. Yeah. Um, just because it's a fun thing, to, especially because of like it's just inherently fun thing to do you know obviously we kind of mentioned earlier with earlier episode you know life is kind of boring so a lot of times hollywood fluffs up these biographies these historical accounts they tell when it comes to something like the patriot or what you know what have you um to make it obviously more cinematic more more engaging for you to go and maybe grab some more food you know whatever the case may be but more cinematic um so it would be nice to see like you know, hear y'all two talk about film and then like things that got right, things that, especially 300. It was quite a bit that I feel like is blatantly obvious that it's not based in fact, but just knowing some people out there, they probably believe it. Like, did you know just a little preview of our first episode? Did you know Xerxes was not actually eight feet tall and a demigod? Did you know that? <laughs> Why? So the Persians didn't actually have goat people on their side. Yeah. Who knew? So while the movie is, you know, it's largely based on Frank Miller's graphic novel, not history. That graphic novel is still based in history. So I think this counts. Like the Battle of Thermopylae happened. Leonidas and Xerxes existed. So it does. It, yeah, it counts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was fun. Yeah, this one especially. But, you know, we're going to go all we're going to do music biopics. We're going to do history biopics. We're going to do you know some historical fiction. It's going to be great. Um, yeah, look forward to it. Yeah, yeah, me too. I'll make the same announcement on the other shows so we cover all our bases. But uh, yeah, fake true stories. Don't miss Mars Needs Moms on Fridays Beyond the Bad and Avengers Endgame on Oscar Sunday. In the meantime, if you check into an Airbnb and the host is giving off major creepy vibes, maybe just go home. Don't sacrifice your life and the life of your partner just for the views. Stay home and keep watching movies. <laughs>